0: <laughs> the first and last time we'll ever be applauded, I think. Um, so I'm John, Sean, Anna, so we're missing two other people as well today who are um, with us in spirit, I'm sure. Um, I think Dan is due to arrive, but he was having problems with childcare and other things. And as, as Brian said, Beck has uh, double-booked herself with a paid job, which in this day and age she can't afford to turn down and uh, we get 10% of that so (laughs) that works out for us um so what we're going to do firstly is um talk about our work i was going to say ourselves we're not here to talk about ourselves we're going to talk about our work first or maybe specific projects that we're involved in and then we're going to move on to the kind of ideas behind the project uh what informed it and what we uh, when we say that we're not a collective we're quite keen to um, for it to be more of a discussion and a conversation and uh, for it not just to be photography as well for it to be other kinds of creativity so I'm uh, a photographer but I'm also a painter as well um, so we're also quite keen for this not to just be us talking at you silent masses for if you wanna if you've got anything to say get involved basically because we're here to um i'd actually welcome some uh, conversations rather than just be spouting from the pulpit um i'll talk about my work first and then uh i'll control the controls okay. so we'll move in a right hand direction so my My work, the project, the one project I'm showing work from. Can you all kind of see? (laughs) It's not the best, because we've got a lot of spilling light coming in. But I have been artist in residence in Blenavon for uh, probably two calendar years now. So I've been working with, um, I was there with Cadu at first, and I was based in a chemist shop in the town centre. Um, and I was basically just trying to get a little sense of the kind of uh, personality of the town, which is a really, really uh, historically interesting, and also... um, uh, It's a really historically interesting town, and it's also a, a weird place, because it makes you think of somewhere like Under Milkwood or something like that, where it's kind of... Isolated up on the top of a mountain, and it's got. Um, you feel like the town is basically kind of being overwhelmed by historical attractions. There's a steam railway, there's an ironworks, and there's big pit. And the town itself kind of feels like the kind of withered appendage of those kind of attractions. Uh, and the town itself is very interesting and, and important historically as well, um, in being. Uh, one of the places where you can go and experience lots of stuff to do with uh, the industrial revolution forwards to now Um, so I was up there with Cadu for an event which um, happened a year ago and then since then I've carried on being based in the town uh, and now uh, based in the uh, town chambers with the um, town clerk which is very interesting but um, it's been probably the most interesting project that i've done like this because um it taught me the most about photography and why we take photos in the first place and um, this lady was part of that um, her name is sheila hawkins and in the process of <laughs> doing the um project she passed away um, and she actually passed away on the day that i was in the martin Parr foundation last year um doing a, a, a taking part in a talk which was about um, photography in the 1970s in Britain and I just thought how strange it was that, that um, uh, my friend Sharon Ford texted me and said, oh Sheila Hawkins has passed away and I was like that, that is me being at this event and that actual thing happening while I was at that event made me think like this is so important that, this has hap- that I've documented this lady's life and I did quite a long interview with her, and I, and I, and I sat and chatted with her for, for... She was absolutely fascinating, and her life was really, really fascinating. She's basically worked in this animal feed shop, which had been open from... Um, I think before I was born, like 1977, 78. Uh, and it was in the back of uh, Victorian Chapel. Um, and it's it's just a fascinating place, because the... It was a schoolroom, and then it's got all the kind of detritus of like a fireplace and stuff, which I, stupidly I don't think I've got one of those photos in here. But um, I just thought this is just says so much about why I personally take photos is to try and <coughs> capture some of this stuff which is always slipping through our fingers. And that is the information and the stories and narratives that these people have in their lives and that we all have in our lives. Um, and Sheila was amazing and she was was one of the most interesting people I'd ever met and just was so full of stories of that area and the um, Bryn Mawr and all all that kind of area Um, and she'd opened the shop with her husband and um, and then her husband had passed away I think in the late 90s and she carried on there on her own Uh, and she retired in October of what would be 2017 and then only passed away within about six months so I think that a kind of what she was actually doing there was kind of keeping her alive in some ways that routine once that routine was broken I think she kind of um lost that kind of thing which kept her going and it was really really sad but but it did teach me a really valuable lesson about why I think we're all kind of interested in photography in that way as a record of stuff um so I'll flip through another few shots so that's the cemetery area in Blenavon which is really um, uh, it's really weird just the whole town is very strange and very like a kind of um, painting Um, and it looks like it's almost been production designed because everything is kind of laid out in this strange way and you kind of move through these different vistas which are kind of like set up for you and I think that's a bit like what you were saying about Ray Paul, with that kind of you go out on that kind of journey to have a kind of serendipitous event with something that you don't really know what you're looking for because I don't go out with a kind of uh, mindset of oh today I'm going to photograph you know X, Y and Z I just go out looking for things that are going to happen so this again was another thing this is a guy called Reese, who um, I think had been a steel worker near the Vale. And um, I did the project and I was, this was the cafe Dotties that was opposite where I was um, working and then as soon as I'd finished the project I found out this cafe had closed. So that was another thing that it was just full of these um, kind of lessons of, you know, we're, we're documenting things that are. Actually, constantly shifting and changing <coughs> rather than staying the same. Um, that's the slag apes up the top of um, the Blenavon landscape which were made by the um, Canadian Army in the Second World War. It's called Canada Tips and it was um, like open-cast mining basically but it's a, just a mad landscape because it's all, it's all man-made and it's just like the moon. It's very smooth, weird kind of shapes which are just pretty much all made by hand. Um, This is the folk dance kind of troupe that they have in the town who um, have a unique dance which is based on the workings of the water tower. If anyone's been in Blenavon Ironworks, there's a very famous water tower there and they do a dance based on the kind of way that this lifted the... um, I can't think of what what you call them, the kind of um, trolleys of uh, iron up to the top and then water would bring it down, basically, and they do something around that. Um, (laughs) You can't really see that at all, but that's part of Big Pit. Um, Just lots of very... um, interesting Uh, and the light's quite like this today actually up there it's very clear light it's very very high up the next village is the highest village in in wales which is garnereru um which i think is like over uh, over a thousand feet above sea level so the light you get up there is quite fascinating and there's a lot of reflected light and i really like working in those kinds of environments um that's dotty's again and the guy that worked there with his vape thing and I kind of liked that I, I looked at him, I was getting in the car, and I was like, do that again, I'll take a picture. Because I thought it looked like he was kind of disappearing into mist. These um, things do now though, don't
1: they? They're just like constant smoke around It's like. really weird. It just looks <laughs> like he was
0: disappearing into this kind of Scotch mist thing. And I thought that kind of summed up the idea of, th- you know, things kind of in transition and kind of moving from one thing to another. Um, A horse I made friends with that you can't really see, Um, a lady that was in the visitor centre there that was playing a violin on her own, which was really weird, and I walked in and I could just hear this violin music playing, and then it was just this lady kind of, I think she was tuning up for people that she was meeting later, but she was playing this really like melancholy kind of melody, I just thought it's like being in a film or something, but again it's like what Paul was saying about you go out. And you've got no idea what you're kind of you're going to stumble across. Um, that was some chopped wood that was in the um, cemetery because they're clearing the cemetery bit by bit because it's become very overgrown. Um, I always carry a macro lens with me, which I don't know if many other photographers do this, but I I really enjoy getting quite close up with. Um, with detail on stuff. And particularly in this kind of really harsh light that they've got up there, because it really, it gives a different texture to um, to your, your more general photography, which is, you know, 28 mil or 35 mil. Um, this one was directly influenced by John Piper, who Paul mentioned earlier, that's this kind of, um, not religious, but a kind of semi, Christian overtone of these kind of places that um, has a lot to do with like the, the the architecture of the cemeteries and the churches and the chapels and these kind of um, <coughs> warnings that you see on a lot of the graves and stuff, that are these kind of strange sayings that kind of only, only half mean something to us these days um, and you know, we're talking about graves that are like at least 100 years old, and it's all about being very God-fearing and stuff. Um, But I thought the textures on this were really similar to some of John Piper's screen prints. And I'm very open to being influenced by other artists in that way and kind of picking up on that in my work. And that's another one of the cemetery again. And that's up by um, the other side of the mountain to where Big Pit is. So it's a very kind of... um, it's almost like a Midwestern landscape in some ways, um, that you can see this kind of huge vista and these enormous shadows of clouds, and you get this sense of scale of like an enormous landscape rather than like this kind of intimate landscape, which is kind of just you go down into the valley where like Cliddick Gorge and whatever it is, and it's a very different kind of atmosphere. But this is, you feel like Glen Avon is up on the top of something. Um, and then we're back to Sheila. You want to go next, Sean? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, moving
2: uh, <coughs> to my project, which is, uh, I've been going out for about a year now, which is it's very close to Benavan actually, uh, but feels very different in some ways. Uh, the Black Mountains, um, I'm from Abergavenny, and um, I've been yeah going for this for a year or so. Um, it's my first project since university, really, um, where I trained with film and anthropology. Um, I think we should just show the film first Um, so I'll just show you a quick snippet from um, uh, it's kind of a combination of photography and film this project Um, and it originally started as film but photography was initially part of the process and has kind of very quickly become quite uh, kind of a core part of it as well Um, but I'll just show you a very, very brief vignette that I've been making Um, from a character, and the introduction to the film. I hope this sounds okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Popping voice which will come in. We used to keep
3: our feed in here because it was easy to get out and other people to deliver for us. And, uh, and before the door was good and it was locked. And there was, well, the first time they, it wasn't locked and there was feed disappearing. So we put on, on the front of the door, thieves been here when they came back the second time and smashed the door, and they took a fair bit, I put on the side of it, thieves again. Thieving bastards!
2: Um, so, I've been making these short vignettes about characters uh, that I've kind of encountered. Um, I started working in, um, started attending service at a church called Patricia, uh, which is, uh, I suppose, a few miles north of Abergavenny, not so far from Crick, Crick Owl. And um, I became quite um, close to many of the people there who I found quite endearing. Um, this is a person called Lawrence who um, actually plays the organ in a chapel nearby, but he also attends Patricio. Um, And I think what I wanted to explore in this project were um, growing up in Amber um, most of the representation photographically and artistically of the Black Mountains were very uh, romantic and beautiful um, landscapes, uh, which is, you know, quite a natural thing to look at in such an extraordinary area. Extraordinary area, like people like Turner, have painted there. I think John Piper uh, mentioned again, same, um, Alan Ginsberg has actually written various poems about the L'Antoni Valley. Uh, but I was quite interested in just the kind of people that are there all the time, um, working the land every day and are quite involved in it and have, I suppose in some way, been shaped by it. Um, so this is, um, a man called Denver who's actually Lawrence's brother. Um, he plays the organ in Patricia. And I started, yeah, I started getting into Patricia to kind of move outside of my normal social, social sphere. Um, and uh, it kind of became a central point for me um, and I've kind of since expanded from there with various people. Um yeah, so this is the Reverend at Patricia uh, Chris Bola. Um, and I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's the most extraordinary church, um, kind of hilltop. Um, very isolated, you have to, you know, your car can quite easily get damaged to go in there. Mine did recently in some flooded roads. Um, (laughs) But I think I was also, I've I've walked along there a lot and I'd kind of always imagined the people that kind of uh, existed there on an everyday level and attended the services, but I'd never really had much uh, connection with them. So I think uh, it was exploring that, it's been exploring that to an extent Um, the people that I think are often sometimes neglected in voices of an area and especially as this is an area that's kind of um, has uh, a lot of change uh, socially with a lot of um, second homes and um, incomers from uh, England or wherever Um, so I was kind of interested in I suppose yeah the people that have been there for a long time as well um, it's <laughs> the van of a farmer so, so agriculture has obviously become quite a natural uh, I've been drawn to quite naturally um, it's the van of a farmer called Peter who if you flick again next uh, who oh yeah he obviously it's his shed um, <laughs> uh, so I've been working with him a lot and his partner Yvonne, Uh and I think I was also interested in looking at I guess, a sense of a romanticism in farming, but also it's um, the kind of issues that there are environmentally and things that, you know... Um, I can never think of a good raw word apart from raw, but um, the things that are kind of... I guess a sense, a sense of neglect in, in the things that farming leaves as well. Um, so things like... Vehicles and stuff. There's a lot of these, uh, yeah, very nice vehic-
0: vehicles Makes me very around, sad to see around, <laughs> 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 tossed around everywhere, and machinery
2: that you just kind of encounter all the time. But people don't photograph because it's, you know, it kind of contrasts the idea of uh, what's considered to be beautiful in, in the area. Um, so this was in the back of Denver and Lawrence's house. Um, they've got a field of about forty cars uh, and vans and stuff. Um, all equally valuable, I would reckon, from all the farms that I know. Yeah, probably. I don't yeah, know, might, don't they might, do not they? They dump it's everything <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I can't um, find that. This is from um, uh, the Patricia Service, one called Felicity. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, this is Kapli Finn. Uh, I noticed this picture in the offline of Kapli Finn. Uh, this is the, um, uh, the Reverend there called. Um, father Richard and he brings these two poodles with him and there's a congregation of just two there um, and I've, I've been just twice I think he's a, an amazing organ player um, yeah uh, this is Peter again uh, so he's kind of quite a controversial character uh, to an extent he's not necessarily considered to be a good farmer um, <laughs> yeah, but by, he by kind of oh has a lot of issues with uh, the people that live near him um, with kind of, you can probably make out um, a lot of mud and bags and stuff li- lying around and on the roads, but uh, he's you know he's he kind of very quickly invited me in to uh, kind of document his his life I suppose um, in his practice. Uh, this is Lawrence again. Um, I, I guess there is a an, um a thing with age as well. Um, I was very quickly drawn to these people, and I guess, although I initially um, wanted to offer something broad um, and looking at really varying perspectives of the area, I became very quickly drawn to these people who have so much material and um, so much thing, so much, so many things to say, and um, I, I, I guess it, it became quite quickly as well, looking at the kind of culture that's in decline and change in the region, which is, you know, a particular way of life, agriculturally. Um, this was up in, uh, near Weinbach, which is kind of the <coughs> tallest peak in the area. I was working with a young farmer there actually called Ross, who I think you'll see in a sec. Um, oh no, not him. Uh, He's aged quite a lot <laughs> since you were this is, you know, uh, uh, Peter's enemy, Bridget, who lives next door to him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She... uh, Yeah, she has lots of things to say about him and he here. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, moving on. Uh, I guess, yeah, and Bridget actually also uh, said a good quote to me not so long ago where a lot of people come to the Black Mountains and photograph the beautiful landscapes, but people don't often photograph a dying lamb or... um, the rain coming in through the letterbox, which I think is, um, you know, a very everyday thing in agriculture that is often underdocumented. Mm. Um, you know, it's not all kind of, uh, shearing in beautiful light. It's, you know, dealing with death and dealing with life. Um, and yeah,
0: I think that's I, your last one. Sean. Sure.
2: Yeah. So there are, there's a series of vignettes as well, which are much like those, the first one you saw, which focused on some of these characters.
0: Anna?
1: Hello, I'm Anna, Anna Jones, and um, I'm from Iweni in the Vale of Um I have never really taken photographs before, I've had no training whatsoever. About a year and a half ago, my sister said to me, I think you really like Instagram, Anna. And I said, Well, I'm not really into the social side of it, but she said, I think you like it for the photographs, because I'm um, Quite dyslexic, and um, I've just always loved pictures ever since I was a little girl, and yeah, so I thought, okay, I looked at a few, I sort of became obsessed with a few people's photographs on there, and I just thought, yeah, maybe I could do this, and um, I just went out and started taking. I borrowed a camera from my, um, from my father, not my father-in-law, from my brother-in-law, and uh, I just. Started taking pictures of my children really. And um so they are on the front here today. <laughs> and just around just around the house and basically um out and about. That's oh, no. Billy there, looking through the window, probably shouting at me. He's got his headphones on. What? Yeah, 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 right there. And um, that's my the uh, cousin who spends a lot of time with us as well, who lives with us. Um,
0: it's an amazing photo
1: do you like that one or not? yes i
0: would never seen it before you <laughs> sent it to me i was like oh my god that's excellent
1: and that ah. teddy in the kitchen after tea she wanted some mints and she wanted me to go down to the village shop to get some and i said no
0: mints N- mints oh mints polo, polo mints yeah i was gonna say like no one wants mints that much, no no me. no she
1: didn't want that <laughs> she wanted polo mints and she was <laughs> screaming at me and my camera was in the room so i just quickly rushed her and took a photograph of her which is a bit mean of me but it's that's her and her in her age and that's fred (laughs) out and about on his bike every day so yeah that's agatha i just generally take pictures of children my children that i spend a lot of time with um that's sort of like an ongoing project of mine haven't done any other projects it's going to be pretty exciting to do this to just go out and uh try and, uh, I don't know, just try something new, I suppose. So I'm just really um, appreciative of this uh, opportunity, really. That's down at The children the other day. They wouldn't let me put this on Instagram. They took it down (laughs) because it was obviously in the shower. I know. I've been washing his hair. So it's just general day to day documenting my children, really. it's an escapism for me as well because after I had Fred, I had really quite quite bad postnatal depression and uh, it's just sort of brought my mind out of that and just focused on beautiful little details that happen in, well not all beautiful but happen in, in, in my family <laughs>
0: so yeah there's a lot still with food isn't
1: there yeah, I can always take a picture of them when they're sort of yeah, right, they're still at still, that still, point. yeah, and it's really hard to try and they don't always want to have their picture taken. <laughs> that's in trend, eating chips. <laughs> it's very. That's the only picture I've got of it. Actually, I've got a few more, but you don't really like having your photo taken, to you? Yeah, lately, annoying. <laughs> finds it annoying. Absolutely. <laughs> I try and capture it. I'm getting better now to try and catch not be so like, um, like stop, everybody will stop. I'm yeah. just sort of like moving around with the camera more. I'm getting used to it. I still, I'm not really great with all the dials and things, but slowly. You don't have to worry about I do a lot of running dials. backwards as well. I think you
0: take, <laughs> can take the pictures without worrying about the dials. Yeah, yeah, I've sort of like <laughs> forgotten
1: about that now, but I would get really in my head thinking, like what am I doing, what am I doing? And then you miss the picture then. And it's sort of like a feeling you get when you take it. It's just sort of like you just see it there and then and you just think, right, okay. let mm. just... I do it more on feeling, really.
0: So what's the movement, guys? We haven't finished yet, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he's <laughs> just chopping Desperate. at the bit. So uh, we've got some of Beck's pictures as well. All oh, right, And we have got Dan's because he's just not organised. And they're on film. Imagine what they look like. Um, this is Rebecca's stuff. What can we say about Rebecca? She's amazing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, so her stuff is more, um, I think it's more, it's, it's more to do with portraits. And it's very, actually, I think portraiture is a main kind of thing, isn't it? And I don't think that's environmental portraits of stuff as such. I think that's very much the person, um... And her yeah. stuff is very kind of. Uh, I don't know, I find it very kind of like going by the seat of the pants, kind of grasping at stuff, the imagery that's wow, kind of very um, impactful. Colours are amazing. Yeah, colour, and her use right? of colour is, is astonishing yeah. in lots of ways. Um, has she had any work published? She's gone for that editorial <sighs> so thing. I don't think she has, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah it does have that kind of editorial vibe but it's kind of I don't think she's aware of that in some way so she's coming to it in a kind of slightly fresh I don't think she's I don't think that editorial thing is kind of raison d'etre it's kind of almost more like in a painterly way I get it that she's more about the colour and and the image than it's got to look in a certain way because of X, Y, and Z, I've seen it in a magazine or etc. And they're kind of Yeah, I mean that is very much like um Ah there's a painting by Augustus John which is really similar <coughs> with the um colours here. Where is she
4: working?
0: Uh, she's based in Merthyr, and I think these are pretty much all done in Merthyr. So I think these are done in Cardiff, um, but the rest of uh, Merthyr. So, so, <laughs> so I had a series of conversations with Dan, um, which over seven years, <laughs> and then, or six years, I think we worked it out, and then we kind of. We mentioned some key kind of um, other people that we'd kind of noticed along the way Um, and then we just had some very loose informal meetings um, where we kind of talked about what we were interested in and um, reasonings behind kind of clubbing together and I mean, it's something I've had in mind for a long time that has kind of come organically through what Andy's been doing with kind of recreating um, Bruce Davidson's pictures, and then I was doing some of Bruce Davidson's pictures, and I'd read Paul's book about, um, you know, photography in the valleys uh, with uh, Eugene Smith and and, uh, our friend Robert Frank on uh, the top of uh, the bulk looking down into Combe Park. and and lots of other things like that and I think so I was thinking that I said this to you earlier Rob Hudson about it looking at it more as a kind of rather than looking at it as a a narrative where we are just the end of the narrative try looking at it more of a kind of continuum where we are at one point in that continuum and obviously in that continuum there's also going to be a future at some point that you have to kind of take into account for. Um, and I th- and I just thought that at that point where we were, which was 2013, 2014, 2015, um, that, that I don't feel like South Wales, I think there was loads of great photographers, many of whom are here today, that were working in South Wales, but I don't think there was any kind of um, linking theme, and I think that it was really necessary to kind of start to kind of talk to each other um, and and look at ways of doing things together a bit like the Valleys project was. And it was Paul's talk in Photo Gallery that made me think about, you know, a kind of thing where really we should start getting out and looking at what's around us and kind of... But also exploring... And I, I'm a massive fan of Lucian Freud as a painter. And, um, and he had this thing about, like... Why would he go abroad when there were parts of London that he'd never even visited and he'd lived in London for most of his life? And I think that's a bit like what, what the valleys is like for lots of people as photographers and creatives. You 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 I mean, this is the first time that, that Sean has been up this valley today and it's like you suddenly see a whole new kind of this stuff, things to kind of document and then lives that are being lived and narratives that are being created and I think it's, it's, it's um, in these kind of mental kind of uh, political times that we're all living through um, I think it's kind of very important that um, we let people know that we're here actually um, as people that are making this work and it's about communicating our experience to other people that are kind of not maybe just thinking that nothing interesting happens in the South Wales Valleys. So what the five of us have been talking about, and, and so this is what I'm really keen to point out. We are working as five of us, but we really want to work with loads of other people as well. And we don't want it just to be, we don't want people just to think those five are doing that work. So um they don't want to hear from us or they don't want us to get involved i think it's something that you know i might go off and do something with someone else sean might go off and do something with someone else Anna might go off and do something with someone else but we want to also as the five of us kind kind of start pushing this stuff forward so what we've been talking about is um is doing a project which is based along the a465 which obviously starts in Neath and then exits Wales out by Herefordshire. (laughs) And look at that area, because really that's a great geographical kind of, you know, that level of uh, where the Heads of the Valleys Road kind of is, that kind of incorporates across to Swansea and um, on that level. I mean, I know the road doesn't go to Swansea, but it goes to Patalba. So what we're looking at is doing something... Which is along that road and it, which takes in a huge um, area, <laughs> which is quite intimidating. But it also it's an amazingly different and rich and varied and diverse kind of landscape and topography and all the different communities, different people. You know, it's in it's somewhere that's very rural at one end, but at the other end it's like a massive steelworks. It's fat. It's when you look at it, it's actually quite a fascinating road and it was built in the the 50s really to connect the steelworks in Patalba, which was Abbey Steelworks or something at that point, as in Margam Abbey, to be able to get that steel to Coventry and and Birmingham and Longbridge to to build cars after the war. Um, So you think of it as being that kind of expressway, which it's never really been very fast, it's getting a bit faster. So that's what we're kind of looking at at the moment and kind of very eager to get started on that now because the, light uh, the light's been kind to us. And that's the kind of plan that isn't really a plan. We've, we're quite keen, I think, for it not to be a, a kind of collective that, as I described earlier, we don't all want to swear an allegiance on a red book and like have a manifesto like um, Citizen Smith it's just a bit more organic and a bit more friendly than that, hopefully. Um, and just, we would just, yeah, want to get going really. Um, yeah, my learned friends.
2: Yeah, I think it's like, like you are just saying about kind of creating, uh, dialogue between lots of people who are already a- working actively in the area and producing something that's, uh, coherent and connected. Uh, but something that's also non-exclusive and o- organic, and works from photographers rather than something that's top-down. Mm. Um, Excellent point. Bottom up,
0: not top-down. And kind of, yeah, building building together. Really. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, as as Brian you pointed out earlier, photography can can be quite isolating. So I think it's really important to kind of, uh, <coughs> yeah, work together and kind of be open,
0: um, but also kind of have something to focus on as well. I think if if people work together, it, it takes away the anxiety quite quickly of trying to strike out on your own. Um, I mean, I've worked for a long time doing projects like this, like eight or nine years now. And I did a, t- a TV documentary that I was like was uh, just very weird to do because, like, I w- turned up to the first day and I was like, uh, and they were like, "Oh, you're presenting," and it's like. Uh, I didn't know that. So I had to uh, kind of pretend and act out this story that I was researching this archive of Valley's photography that had never been seen before. And Anne knows about that because it was found in um, Triorki Library. But that was a kind of, um, I, was, I did that to try to kind of show people that, that um, people are interested in this and it, and it can be taken to mass attention and mass appeal and people are so fascinated by this stuff. Um, the, the stuff that Andy and I put on Twitter um, that was about the um, the street in, in um, Ebervale, um, it's not Ebervale though is it? Wine, Wine Lloyd is it? Wine. So basically you go to this street in Ebervale and you get out the car and then you realise that like maybe six or seven of Bruce Davidson's most famous photos are basically all within a radius of like 10 metres. And all he did was get out of his car, go up one street, go up another street. But I think he stayed in the hotel, didn't he? Down the, A few people have told me he stayed in the hotel at the bottom of the valley there, which looks towards where the post office is. The ones that are in India. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that had 500 uh, retweets or something. Because people were fascinated just to see this kind of passage of time and it was like the woman that was scrubbing a, a step and, and I spoke to all these people in the street and they were like, oh she used to love scrubbing her step <laughs> and stuff and like people then were obsessed with like scrubbing their step and it's these weird kind of um, nostalgic vignettes that kind of like that Proustian kind of uh, rush where you suddenly like, oh I remember people scrubbing their steps. But I think it's something that that everyone can kind of dial into, and everyone has an understanding of that. But also, in fifty years' time, people will be looking at our photos and going, "Remember the Harry Krishners in Swansea, or remember like, remember the Citroen Berlingo that that old guy used to knock around in until the wheels fell, fell off it, or like, remember." Whatever I photographed in Blenavon. I think it's very important to to look at your own work and think that we're all creating stuff that will be very useful for other people in the future, not just for like communicating to people now. Um, but people are super. Do you think that in 50 years' time we'll still be talking about the car industry? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, that Yeah. Um, but we're still articulating
5: a, a narrative of the valleys that it is, is of the coal industry
0: because it's the one that shouted the loudest. Yeah. I and mean, that's all we hear.
5: Is it is this project? Do we have an opportunity that we've got these sort of skilled people? Yeah. We've got this will to involve community mm. more than welcome to use the,
0: the workers'. Definitely. Well, Anna's work has got nothing to do with or like none of our work has got anything to do with the coal industry. We all live in the valleys. I mean, it's not seen as being the valleys. I live in Traforas. Sean lives in Abigafeni, Anna lives in Iweni. So it's like bottom of the valleys. But I think maybe it's t- it maybe it's a chance to kind of re-examine what the valleys are, wh- what the valleys are about, and it is that huge, overpowering shadow of history in that way. And, and how do you expect people to escape that kind of um, uh, history when the valleys, really, Sean and I were saying on the way here, like the valleys, the valleys as they are wouldn't exist without that industry because they were thrown, those, all those terraces were thrown up because of the insane need for labour to get all that stuff out the ground. And now that we've got that stuff out the ground, it's like, what do we do? Next, with these communities and what do those communities do for themselves in that way?
5: I I think there is this narrative that you you talk about terraces because it changes the way that the valleys look and the valleys are defined by terraces. But there was mining before
0: that. On a very small scale though. I think there is a there's a real need
5: for the valleys to be represented as it
0: is now. Yeah. To do something um, to challenge Yeah. I think that's, that, that's what I would want. And if we can give, you know, if if someone wants to step forward and we can help them give that, that platform to promote that work and allow people to see that work, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say It's like, it's, um, if you're on your own and you're documenting stuff and you're going around taking photos and you don't really have access to the internet you don't have access to instagram you don't know other like-minded people are doing that it's very difficult for you to jump make that quantum leap into communicating your work to other people and if we can kind of um, what's the word help people to do that then that then that's you know that that's what I don't want to do is kind of go and do social tourist work where we go and look at a community and say, Aren't they poor? Take pictures of them and then go and show those pictures to other people. It's about helping the people in those communities to kind of reflect um, what they are looking, what they are doing themselves and what they're seeing themselves and, t- and tell those stories about themselves. Um, um, yeah, carry on, Anne. Um, you know On exactly the exact same lines that uh, definitely, I think that kind of getting embedded in communities, yeah. wherever
4: they might be, there's actually a lot going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is about the future, it's about energy, yeah. it's about sustainability. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, values communities are, uh, the ecologists are finding that they're incredibly uh, diverse. Mm never been industrialized in, this, in, in the way that many many other landscapes
0: mm.
4: have so that's just a name a sort of a few but yeah i think there are lots of things pockets going on uh you know as you know i work in, in one kind mm. and so i'm connected on many reasons many levels to many different communities. Mm. Uh, and I, I wouldn't say that I know them all by any means but I, what strikes me mm. is that there are so many things going on which people don't know about, and yeah. I think
0: that people, it would be great for the communities that live up here for people to know about that. Yeah. And, and how, how do we connect? Well, how, how do we connect them together? Yeah.
4: Which um, have been going for you know 15, 20 years, mm. Mm. and they're at the moment engaging with kind of top-down funding but you know maybe lottery funding over seven years Mm. they're looking at governance they're looking at all sorts of new you know apparently new things Mm. that I think you know we're all looking for new ways Mm. forward in the light of what we're all experiencing at the moment Mm. and I think that there are things that could come out of
0: the sense of community that there is in, in, in the valley. Oh, yeah, definitely. The things that's held
4: it back. Sorry, yeah. So I mean, that's why yeah, I
0: mean, that's why I stayed in Blenavon after after I did the job that I was paid to do by Cadu. I've stayed there for another yeah. year mm-hmm. um, and put, you know, <coughs> earned money to keep myself there to carry on working in that community because that community is doing stuff like that. You know, it's it's... There's so much involvement in the town in trying to promote the town as a place to visit that isn't just Big Pit, at the Ironworks, and the and the and the uh, trains, the steam train, because the, you know that's that's a source of income for them within that town centre, because there's so little else to do in terms of employment in Blenavon. Every you know everyone goes up to Mawr or. Um, Ponto pool or wherever like that and it and I think that's something that's really important to try and i mean it's what we're talking about is something that's like a five year plan or a seven-year plan yeah, seven year plan where we try months. and you know i'm not you know I'm not talking about moving away and you know I've lived in this area already for like twenty odd years um and I think this is something that that you know I've been talking to Dan for to, for it for like six years already. So I think it's something that is going to obviously take lots of time but I think events like this and things like this can only help to um, to integrate and bring that stuff together. Yeah. Not integrate in, in the way that you know um, people see integration as like a bad thing now. I don't mean like a homogenous kind of integ- integration but, but a way of communicating bec- between people. Because one valley is different to the next valley. Yeah. And that's the thing you you can't just say the valleys because it's like, what we say. Well, we're saying with the Laven
2: f- is two miles from Abergavenny Yeah. From where I've been working and there, uh, you know, I know Abergavenny isn't in the South Wales valleys and such, but you know, geographically or uh, topographic, uh, to- uh, top, <laughs> yeah, um, topographically, topographically, it's just a continuum of that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's always you know it's it's just an extension, and I think um, it's really important to like. I think look at Welsh identity as like um, a spectrum, mm. rather than like a, a, a scale, and I think that's something that, um, I think, uh, people, a, a, when it's, it's seen as a scale, certainly in of where people see themselves to be less Welsh than people living in the valleys or uh, 10 miles mm further away and i think uh yeah, i think it's just long a long well. it's a different type of Welshness yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. i think um
4: we well, have to go very far back to find out that people are italian and russian
0: yeah 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 American.
2: yeah absolutely yeah and i think uh the i English think
0: even,
2: yeah, yeah <laughs> and i think like we have we have it's so nice much name. so much going on um that needs that can be kind of uh, vocalized here mm. through photography and i think yeah there's
5: um, there's a, there's a uh, funded uh calendar called the ronda Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they encourage uh local photographers to um submit pictures and mm-hmm. I think you get about two hundred pounds in wins, mm-hmm. so it's not too many really sniffed at. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's been fascinating is that um very, very, very rarely <laughs> do they select a woman and mm-hmm. um, Um, and the, the Labour Party sort of select uh, yeah. photographs yeah. um, so there are things like that that I think this project could have a
0: massive impact on where mm.
5: it's almost like you're giving something back to them yeah. and helping them mm. Um that would be great to see them on the camera not, not you know, politically put the yeah. aside. Is something that's
0: already and you can plug yeah. very, and very I think to mention uh, like representation of female, ju- just female photographers, not creatives in general in South Wales, is really a difficult issue to bring people like that forward because they're really hard to root out and they don't necessarily feel confident getting involved in things like this and I think that's a really good place even just to start with stuff like that is to, with someone like Anna's work who was only taking, you know, amazing photos wasn't taking pictures two years ago No, I didn't take any pictures, Like, and that is something that, that so I wouldn't have known about your work outside of Instagram so it's just even just letting people know about how there's this great photographer have you seen their work on Instagram and it's even on that level just to kind of make people aware of other people's work. And I think that's something that I found really frustrating with the first diffusion, that, that when the first diffusion happened in Cardiff, and that's what I, why I started to think that I did called Photo Fringe, that out of 60 photographers, there was only one Welsh photographer in, in the first diffusion festival, which I found, like, inexplicable. And I know it's got better since then. But I think in some ways, we, we as a community of, of artists, photographers, writers... And we can all help each other and work together. Sometimes we don't even do the best to help ourselves to give a leg up the ladder, you know. And I think that's something that we can really try and put right from this point to, to, to give other people the exposure. It doesn't always have to <coughs> be about what you were doing for yourself in your own career. It can be to help other people to kind of like, oh, Rob Hudson's work is similar to that. Have you seen blah, blah, X, Y and Z? <coughs> It's not always, it doesn't always have to be, oh, have you seen my work? Because that, that doesn't really help everyone, and that doesn't, move, that doesn't move the conversation in the community together. And we do all live in the same area, and we're all looking at the same things, and kind of, you know, the themes are very similar. You know, you look at Sean, Sean, Sean's work and my work, I'm 41, Sean is? 26. And we're from, you know, I'm, I was born in, South, uh, in West Yorkshire. But our work superficially, the themes are really, really similar and we're into very similar things. So I think it just makes sense to kind of come together as a front to present this work to people rather than try and do it on your own and not get nowhere, but it it doesn't always have to be about the single. It can be about the plural in lots of ways. And I think that's...
3: There's a lot of value to be derived from... uh, being not one person. Yeah. Because that looks like ego. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's one of the things I found with the collective I'm part of. Sorry, yeah. the collective
0: I'm part of. But yeah. It's not actually top down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, it's that, that's been a great success for us. And, yeah. You know, um, we could not have imagined um, three or four years ago mm. where we would be today mm. without the collective. I think that, um, you know, there's always ego at play with expressing yourself and saying to someone look I've taken this wonderful photo you must look at it, I've taken a picture of, you know, like I take pictures of um, all day breakfast, like who cares about pictures of all day breakfast why would I think someone else wants to look at my photo of an all day breakfast but that in that kind of same way, everyone's had an all day breakfast at some point and you can go well I don't like the look of those sausages or that bacon looks shit you know, it's like so it's that kind of thought process, and I think that's what we kind of we've all got that sh- shared experience of living in the valleys at the same time, and I think we should all try and you know uh, bring our talents to bear on creating a, you know a critical mass to kind of communicate our experience to the wider world because it is a really interesting area historically topo- topographically. Um, in terms of immigration, there's all sorts of really interesting things just bubbling, and and a lot of stuff that Paul mentioned. It's like, you know, that that kind of sweep of history is 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 interestingly quite central to this this area. And if we can kind of present a new narrative for that, I think that's. And it's not necessarily a new narrative. It's just like a definitive or or a realistic or a truthful narrative of what, um, you know. Of,
5: how
0: do, how do we move this forward then, me being the we I have no and, idea. And <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, for the five of us, we want to work on this project where we look at the A465 and we kind of... I think what's exciting for me is... Um, how are you going
4: to present the work? Is it going to be to the magazine? You've got to make the work. You've got to make the work, <laughs> yeah. You've
0: got, to yeah. <laughs> get on you've got an end point um, <laughs> I am going to... Um, that, that'll lots of people that I don't know to recreate the pictures out of matchsticks. <laughs> I knew Rob <Robert> would <laughs> like that. Um, no, I've no idea. Something I mean, for me at the moment, uh, the excitement is in a process which is um, working in a group and rather than uh, working as a single artist forward slash photographer because, because they paint and draw and take photographs. It's a different thing to me from many other photographers that work in that way and i think that's the going to be for me that's the interesting thing is the dynamic of looking at other people's work and looking at them if the five of us go say to anisea and walk around like how does that work do we all follow each other around and take pictures of the same thing do we go off and then meet in a cafe and like Say, oh, did you see that weird shadow or that tree or that? You know, (laughs) did you talk to that mad old woman that threatened us? or... No, well, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean that. That's.
5: uh,
0: I mean, that's what I love doing anyway, and I love just going out and exploring places. And that's what that's. Um, uh, you know, that is the valleys. Is you can go out and have a brilliant day exploring really fascinating places like. You go up to the cholera cemetery in Tradiga and you have a wander around there and you're like, this is, you know, this is crazy. This is like, well, loads of people don't know it's there. And it's like, and then you've got the Cadelka picture of it. So you're like, oh, kadelka has been here. Like... Joseph Cadelka has been to a cholera cemetery. you could use these meetups to kind of encourage local photographers yeah. to come out yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. to get involved and yeah. maybe then start yeah. small local projects exactly. which tie into the A465, which tie into community, which then encourages yeah. people to get involved. I think in this day and age you don't need a grand plan like you know the farm agency or whatever it was in America. Like... Sending photographers out to the plains of America to do this very kind of masculine like, oh, I'm going to photograph like, you know, the, the dust bowl and all this stuff because we now we've all got these things in our pockets that connect us to everyone else. So we, we can do it in a very different way. And quite and quite quickly. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, you don't have to wait for people. You just say, well, I'm going to go and and just get on with it, rather than... But he,
5: I mean, it's just me being selfish. Mm. I'm in, I'm
0: yeah. Um,
5: so if you
0: get together, pick a date, yeah. be here at a certain time. Yeah. I here, but I mean, if in, it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just to start... Yeah. I'm, I'm really,
5: really conscious that, um, from,
0: from listening to you and... Yeah. You can talk on talk about it. Yeah, I mean. Something needs to happen
5: from this. Yes. So that people don't go away uplifted, excited. And then in six months they've done nothing. I mean, I
0: go, I mean, that's the thing. You just have to, and and that is a singular thing where you just have to be ruthless with yourself and say, right, today I am going to go and do this. I'm going to go and look at old Smokey and take pictures of that. I'm going to go and do X, Y, and Z. And I think. But and then, but you also have to be a bit ruthless with other people and say, like, get your arse in gear, you know. If you want to do this, you might get run over by a bus next week, and that's what I always think. And it's that thing, you know, I was talking about Sheila. If you think, like, um, you know, I was taking those pictures of Sheila. If I hadn't met Sheila at that point, she would have passed away. And, and, and those conversations <coughs> I had with her and those stories she told me about, like, uh, husband uh, had this terrible accident in, in Big Pit and he um, then had to go and work in um, in the factory in Bryn Mawr that I can't remember was it Dunlop? They had a massive concrete factory, it was a beautiful factory, grade one listed. and then they demolished it basically. So her husband worked up there making, or Celtex or something like that he worked in and then that paid for the um, animal feed shop that they worked in and that's a whole life is is would have been lost if you're not constantly documenting. Uh, someone I read it somewhere that it's like the older generation, which is always the older generation, and we will become the older generation, is a library which is on fire, and that's a really interesting way to look at documentary photography, filmmaking, writing, poetry. As long as it's documenting something, you've always got to be capturing those moments, or they are gone forever to the universe. Brian, so it all sounds great, but isn't what you're describing documentary photography? Yes. I mean, yes. No, but so to go back to Rob's point, what what do you
3: want people to contribute? Because it's some months ago I, we were just
0: discussing. It was sort of like a photo walk round in the sea, but it's not just that, is it? No, I mean it's maybe it's.
3: What's going to happen to this work?
0: It's like a central nervous system of this thing. And I don't know what that is. I mean, what what, what Photo Gallery did in the 80s was commission people to come to the valleys and they took pictures and now that archive is in and you can go and see it when it's not diffusion. (laughs) Because I tried to get Mark to let us to go and have a look at it. It It's like, there's no way you're looking at it until after diffusion. Um, Because he's got so much work on. But it is that kind of like... It is collecting it somewhere and it's it's something to do with us being more than just, you know, I can take a digital picture, put it on my um, computer, and no one will ever see it unless I communicate to people about that. So it's it's about kind of creating an environment somehow where people can kind of meet up and talk about this and share stuff, but also keep that kind of recording aspect of it ongoing. And have
3: you approached <laughs> the National Library because they have millions over decades on digitisation?
0: W- in Wales, we got in Mr- Wales? We've got a point of order from Mr Cabot's at the back. For the benefit of the tape, Paul Cabot's is raising his hand.
3: For the benefit of the what I would suggest is because we are running out of time. Yeah. So what I, what I would suggest? Yeah. Because I think you know some there's some energy and some will to do something, but it's not quite clear. Yeah. Exactly what it, and that's fine. Mm. But as Gail said, I think there's, there's got to be a next step. I think of the miners. But uh, what I would suggest is is this: It's is next nice, simple thing to do. Mm. If Gail and Chris have said, well, come here and do, get together. Mm. Why don't you arrange? Uh, just put a call out saying mm. we are going to do this mm. on this day. We're going to try something, yeah. We're going to do, we're going to photograph and see the in two hours,
0: mm. uh,
3: and we're going to come back together. Mm. Let's see what we've got, yeah. And if, it, and if you want to do bottom up, that's one way of doing it, yeah. To actually, do something and see what emerges, yeah. You know, and, and the journey that the project would take could, could mm. go all sorts of places, yeah. But I think actually. You know the thing i always think if i'm not quite sure about anything mm. i will make pictures yes because because that, that, that's the clarify yeah so that's what i suggest have a chat to these good people get a date get game and chris to promote it you've got a, you've got a social media platform promote it mm. get people here and tell them you are going to be making pictures mm. we're going to take pictures we're going to bring them together and we're going to mm. look at what we've got And and let that be the start of that discussion about where it goes.
0: Do we pass that motion? Those who say aye, say aye. 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 There we are. So in how long? A month or two months? A day. No. (laughs) (laughs) We can't go back tomorrow, Paul. I'm I'm going to the horticultural society. Because I would like to see Rob Hudson's pictures of Anastasia next to anyone else, almost anyone else's. And then I choose their he pictures.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> because that's the difference of what Rob sees and what Anna sees is like, that's what starts to make it interesting. Yes. Then you have a dynamic Absolutely. between... And that is a
3: conversation. Yes. And that is what it needs to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then what it becomes, well, you would discuss.
0: Yes. So.
3: Honestly, I think that's It's
0: reason. not sterile, it's like, you know, it's it's a proper, like, conversation and a kind of... Yeah, it's a narrative, forget, and I it's don't a forget,
3: there's something in the water here, right? <laughs> if 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 I'd be taking pictures, I'd be like, let's be taking pictures. <laughs> You know, what's that this year? We're speaking here, something in the water. Yeah. Drink the water as
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel pop. <laughs> Andy, the last point from Andy this might be further down the line, but I think it's important to get schools involved with the mm-hmm. community, maybe to get teachers going, yeah. getting their kids out photographing with their iPads and start talking to their grandparents and maybe collecting stories. Yeah. And mm-hmm. If you can start to get it into the kind of education of the young kids as well, and it becomes this community thing. I think that's where... Sean and, and I have, have both done off. stuff like this in for a thing called Illumin with Peak up in um, Where Where the hell were we? We were in Brecon. 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 (laughs) I forgot where we were then. I went out with a load of kids and and they weren't... I mean, I call them kids now, but they were up to 18, I think. And we gave them all disposable cameras. Not one of them had ever seen a disposable (laughs) camera. They'd never used a disposable camera. But also, the kind of idea that um, it was finite was insane to them. Because with their phones, they just take photos forever. But they had 27 pictures. So they started off messing around. They got to the last five pictures and they were so careful with what they took pictures of. And those, some of those pictures are amazing. And, and they were really, really interesting photos. And that was just walking around Brecon for like mm. two hours. And Sean has done some similar stuff. And it's like, because digital is like endless, mm. so sometimes it's interesting to give people film. Which is harder and more kind of thoughtful. And I think that is an interesting process. Sorry, we like
3: keep interrupting. But we are out of time, right? Yes, we're out of time. <laughs> but, so but, but just be aware, that, you know, and Andy's point is a very good one. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget that we've you know, jailed, we're already, Sam was here, we're, we're yeah. start from the school here. Yeah. They've been dead up for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think would we be we'd be interested yeah, 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 in doing right. something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
5: and then we'll
0: you Okay. Right? You'll hear from us we're on Twitter. I think it's literally just South Wales project all yeah. one word. And we're on Instagram, yeah. South yeah. Wales project yeah. all one word, isn't it? Right, we might have an underscore somewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs>